and welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful playing the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. While you're busy planning your wedding, there are other parties to also consider. Your engagement, your shower, and bachelor bachelorette, just to name a few. On today's episode, our guest, Jeffra Trumpauer, Senior Creative Director for Wedding Wire, shares her tips on how to plan and delegate for the other celebrations. Jeffra, welcome back to Weddings Unveiled. So happy to have you here again. So glad to be back again. Thanks for having me. We're going to be talking about the other parties. And I want to start with the party that would kick it all off, which is the engagement party. Are you still seeing this as being a trend? Are people still having engagement parties? What we're seeing is that couples are actually doing this on a smaller scale and maybe in multiple different increments. Instead of having this very large and elaborate engagement party, typically maybe hosted by a group of friends or a family member, we're actually seeing the couples do these smaller gatherings where maybe a friend hosts like 10 people as like a little celebration or, you know, renting out a very small area of a restaurant. It's not as elaborate as it was, but we are still seeing couples celebrate and do it in, again, like a very thoughtful way. And, you know, just so that people can kind of share in your joy. And would you invite basically everyone that you would have on your guest list for the wedding or should you just keep it immediate family and friends? It would just be small. So keeping this one small, you know, you have the opportunity to invite all of those people to future events. This is one of those pieces where enjoy a moment where it's just the nearest and dearest to you. (laughs) And again, having even multiple smaller ones is the best way to do it because then you really have that intimate setting, if you will, to say, okay, I can really be with my five best friends or my family and my siblings and, you know, or whatever that looks like. Really just keeping it intimate is the goal for the engagement parties nowadays. And it really should be the least complicated of all the parties you're going to have in the next exactly. like, year and a half. <laughs> yes. And so, yes, don't overthink it. Don't overstress it. <laughs> so moving on next to the bridal shower, who should be hosting it and how do you delegate with it? So however a couple wants to celebrate leading up to their wedding, whether it's a bridal shower, a wedding shower, a co-ed shower, or you know, even not having one at all, but everyone is different and that's completely okay. It is a fantastic way to kind of celebrate, bring everyone together. And again, it is a bigger event, but really depending on how you want to do it. We do say that this typically either comes from one parent who is celebrating that particular, you know, their son or their daughter, or it's coming from the wedding party. But again, it, it really depends because I'm saying this, you know, based on what we've traditionally seen, but you really could have anyone throw your party as long as it makes sense. But typically having somebody within the wedding party throw it or a family member is, is what we've seen. I think the older school tradition, which still, you know, runs strong, is you invite all the women that are invited to the wedding. Yes. That is the standard. You know, we are also seeing that in same-sex weddings, couples, you know, depending on whose side wants to celebrate what, it could be also that it is a co-ed experience. And in which case you would have all of the 
most important people in your life. So I I do want to say that, you know, one thing that we are noticing is that it isn't just about having all the women in your life in one room. It's definitely just who are the most important people in your life and having those people in one room to celebrate. So you don't have to go with the old traditional route of inviting this X amount of people. You can keep it smaller if you want to. Just because you're invited to the wedding doesn't mean you have to be invited to the shower. Exactly. And this just goes to that intimate intimate moment that you're trying to preserve before the big day. And it also has to do with budget too. I mean, not to bring money into it, but it really depends on can you have an elaborate engagement party, bridal shower, wedding shower, co- you know, like all of these things leading up to the big day. And so it, it's just kind of figuring out what's the best thing for you and what do you want and who do you want to be there? But I do see these starting to be smaller, more intimate events as couples are really just just trying to surround themselves with their nearest and dearest before the big day. And like you said, budget, I mean, which is the number one thing with wedding period is your budget. And it's not only with this, it's not even just your budget. You have to consider your maybe your maid of honor or your mom is hosting it. So it's a cost for them and then guests purchasing more gifts. And I mean, it all adds up. It definitely does. It absolutely does. And one thing too, just to go back to the guest list, because I don't want to forget to say this, even though it doesn't have to be everyone that you've invited to the wedding, but if you invite someone to an engagement party, a shower, or any of the pre-wedding events, they have to be invited to your wedding. Yes. Oh, that's such <laughs> a great point. Because how awkward if like, hey, you can come to my shower, <laughs> give me this gift, but you're not invited to the big day. Yes. So don't try to have like one of your pre-wedding events be like a B-list type of thing. It definitely has to be people that are going to be with you on your big day too. So really by the time you get to your shower and your bachelor bachelorette, you really should have your guest list nailed down and done. Yes. So with the the bachelor and bachelorette, <laughs> what does the guest list look like for that? I mean, it's going to be definitely different than your shower because grandma is not probably going to be, you know, at the club. <laughs> I mean, maybe she is. I mean, hey. gra- there are a lot of hip grandmas out there. So. There really are. And again, I mean, technically, but I mean, <laughs> what's, who should you make sure is included in, in this party? This is usually your wedding party, your close friends, and any extended family. We've seen very elaborate bachelor and bachelorette parties, but really keep it as tight-knit as you possibly can. I mean, I would say the best way to do it so that you really do get the best out of the event is, you know, 20 people max. And that's still a lot. But definitely, you know, including everybody that, again, will be invited to the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) But to go back to your point on the grandmother piece, or even if you want a parent involved, Having them come in for some of it is totally okay. You know, if there's a, a luncheon that's being planned for midday on, and it's something that, you know, they would like to come to or an event that they like, they can easily travel to, have them come. It's fun. It makes it different. And it's if that's what you want, again, like personalize that. Make it you. You yeah. know, have them, have them there. What are some trends that we're seeing in bachelorette parties right now? Well, right now, unfortunately, not a lot. Well, yeah, COVID COVID aside. (laughs) Yeah, but in terms of what we've actually seen is, it, it is this much more elaborate thing. There's travel involved. 
it is much less, you know, I, I remember my mother saying that she just went to, you know, a bar in their hometown the <laughs> night before the wedding. But it's definitely a, a travel, you know, going to a specific place. We're seeing that there are certain cities popping up that are really popular, you know, Austin, Nashville, Miami still a really popular place to go. Las Vegas is still on the list. And really, it becomes this weekend-long getaway for you and your closest friends. And that's really the trend that we are seeing. It is a fully planned out, to the minute, scheduled to the date weekend. Really, we're not seeing that go away. If anything, it's just become another, honestly, in my opinion, great excuse to get all of your favorite people together in one area. (laughs) Yeah, and kind of get away. Yeah, you know, just go and have a great time. And, you know, you hopefully only get married once. And so go and and kind of, you know, whatever is within your means, go and have a great celebration. If you don't have the ability to do a long celebration, which can be financially a lot, and it is a lot to ask of the people that are coming, we are still seeing, you know, couples do stay-at-home bachelor and bachelorettes where it's still within where they live, um, but it's kind of a schedule of events that can be fun to plan. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do. So you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way. To your point about how it can be costly, what do you do if there's one member of your bridal party that just can't afford to do it? So this is one of those tough conversations. And I will say that even though we have seen that 40% of bachelorette and bachelor party attendees actually do fly somewhere and spend almost $1,000 on the event, which is a lot of money, you have to be respectful of the people that you are inviting. I know it's hard to kind of know what someone can afford, but having some understanding of what you're asking of that person and being respectful of that is important. And so as you think about planning that or even just giving kind of a nudge to your person of honor that's planning it, making sure that they know that, hey, uh, four days in Las Vegas for everyone on that list is not feasible, maybe dial it back a little bit. And also being respectful to know that, yes, you want it to be this big ordeal and yes, but it's also who do you want to be around and who can actually afford to be there with you. Right. I don't know what you end up doing for your bachelorette. With mine, we kept it just the bridesmaids, just the bridal party. And they surprised me with the chef's table at one of my favorite restaurants. And the, and the chef and owner, you know, obviously was in the kitchen cooking and made this elaborate, like, 12-course meal. And then we just bar hopped <laughs> from around it. <laughs> and it was the best time ever. Yep. You know, I- we had this elaborate meal, and then we just 
went to all these fun dive bars that we love. And, you know, what did you do? I did the same thing. We did not travel. It was my very, very close friends. I actually had all of my cousins as my bridal party because I just wanted to keep it simple. Talk about like just not having to worry about inviting everybody. And so we actually just did the same thing. We went out to a wonderful dinner and then we hit a bunch of bars and had a great time and all slept over at one of our friend's apartments. And it was wonderful and it was affordable and it was great. And, you know, everyone loved it. So it doesn't need to be elaborate and you don't need to fly anywhere. I'm just looking at the overall, hey, what we're seeing and a lot of it is that. But I will say for all of you couples out there listening to this, do what makes the most sense. It doesn't have to be what everyone else is doing and do what you know that is going to, again, like surround you with the people that you love. Yeah, my friend's sister, she just got married. And what they did was there was a local campground just like a couple hours away and they rented a cabin on water and they just hung out the cabin for the weekend. Yeah. (laughs) So simple. So simple. And that's the thing. You don't, you know, something near where you all live is completely the best way to do it. Take a short drive. You know, you can still save money that way. And, And obviously, like trying to keep the festivities closer to home is just easier on everyone. And like I said, then if you do want to have your grandmother come to the lunch or something, then you're nearby to do that. And so it feels like such a broader celebration too. When it comes to planning the different parties, what is something most couples don't consider, but you think they absolutely should? It is definitely the budget. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I I do think that they are considering that. I would say... I mean, I, I do keep coming back to budget when I come back to it because I do think... But it think, is so important. Yeah, and I do think that sometimes it's overlooked because depending on how it's being planned and who's planning it, everything is different. But a lot of the times, the couple is actually not putting up money towards the event. Everyone might be chipping in for them or maybe you're paying for your flight, but they're paying for everything on the, you know around the, the time. And so what I do think that couples aren't thinking about is what that means for other people's budget and their expenditures. One thing to consider is when you actually plan these parties and how long your engagement is. So spreading it out a little bit and making sure that not only are you doing that for yourself so that you're kind of prolonging your celebrations, but just being aware of who you're inviting, how how often, like when are those parties, things like that. Like don't push it all to the end. Don't have it all at the beginning. Try to spread that out. Don't do what I did and had everything in one week. <laughs> I did because everyone was coming in from out of town. It'd be so hard to like have the bridal party be a part of like a bachelorette or a bridal shower months, you know, in advance because they're all over the country. So we kicked off the week with the shower on Sunday, had the bachelor bachelorette Wednesday, the rehearsal Thursday, got married Saturday. Oh my and goodness. Then Monday was Memorial Day, so they could all have a little buffer to <laughs> travel. <laughs> it was a very long week. <laughs> But you were also being thoughtful of people's travel time, too. So, you know, I think that that's something to consider as well. Yeah, I mean, that was number one reason for doing it, because there's no way that everyone be able to attend everything spread out. And I really wanted to make sure, especially my bridal party, that they could be a part of all of it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, what's a good rule of thumb, like, if you don't have the the travel issue like I had, when should you have the bachelorette and the shower in relation to the wedding day? So it's usually between one and three months out. 
So it's really up to you in that time frame yeah, to pick. Exactly. Like whatever makes the most sense for you. Again, like people traveling and things like that. So if I think to your point on the travel, if you're expecting people to travel to your wedding and also travel to the bachelorette party, having them a month apart might not be the best because they have to maybe they have to take off work or even just the cost of flying or driving or whatever. So really thinking about that timeline, I think is important. It also depends on how long your engagement is. Most engagements are around 13 months now, um, you know, but some people are waiting two years. Some people are waiting six months. So it really depends on, again, like how long you're engaged for and how long you want to kind of spread out and plan those events properly. Anything else you think couples should be aware of when it comes to the parties? I think that the most important thing is to just enjoy the moment. Don't worry about if somebody wants to have a celebration for you, let them enjoy and bask in that moment with you. I do think that a lot of the times we become overwhelmed and we're like, no, I don't want my Aunt Mildred to throw me a party as well. You know, like <laughs> all of these things. My biggest advice is don't overdo it. Don't be, again, like, you know, too demanding of what is around you, but enjoy it. And if it means you have multiple mini celebrations in, sh- in order to have everyone that loves you celebrate you, embrace that. Because I know it's cliche, I know everyone says this, but you're, once the wedding is over, it's like there is this moment that washes over you of, oh my God, it's over, you know, because there's yes. so much planning and there's so many things that have happened. And you really do kind of look back and you're like, oh my God, I hope I took every moment in stride. You know, there, there is a little bit of this reflection. So my advice is, you know, have those celebrations, you know, if don't minimize that this is a really important and special time of your life and allow people to kind of like enjoy that with you. That is perfect advice. (laughs) So last question, last time I had you on here, I asked you what your favorite wedding movie was. It was Father of the Bride. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is a classic. It is. Now I would like to know what is your all-time favorite celebrity wedding or wedding dress? Oh, so I'm going to have to actually say... Because I'm thinking recently, Mandy Moore wore the most beautiful pink dress. And it was so incredibly gorgeous. And I was just thought that, you know, talk about having a wedding that's all you and not worrying about tradition. I would say that was one of the most recent ones that are is just like, wow, like so truly amazing. That would probably be the most recent one. So on the floral episode, Mary from Persephone floral atelier in Connecticut, she picked Mandy Moore's flowers. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because Mandy Moore's wedding is very popular here at Wedding Vale. <laughs> <laughs> it is because she just kind of did it her way. And there was, and I love that. And I'm, and I actually think that a lot of celebrities are doing that, but I just feel like hers just felt, if it was intimate, it was she wore a pink dress. I mean, come on. How gorgeous. Like, it was just so Pink perfect. with, like, frills. I know. But, like, think, not in a frilly way. No. I actually, I don't want to, I hopefully I'm not talking about something that's wrong, but I think it was a Monique Lillier dress, which also, like, wowed. I mean, the whole thing was just so great. And I just loved that, yeah, she said no to tradition and went the way that she wanted to go. Yeah, I love it. It's such yeah. a great choice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Jeffra, thank you so much for being back with us today. And we look forward to having you back on again in the future. Yes. And for those that maybe missed the first time you were on, which we'll have to go back and check out, how can we get more information on Wedding Wire? Yes. So go to WeddingWire.com. We have a suite of tools that you can use to plan your big day, as well as hundreds and hundreds of vendors in your local area to also help plan Definitely hire a pro is my big tip. And then also follow us on Instagram. We have daily updates on inspiration and swipe ups to see what other advice and etiquette that we're writing about. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And make sure you check us out on Facebook. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. Don't forget to enjoy the journey. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.